Hey guys, and welcome to Horror Down South. My name is Ryan. And this is Rodney. Rodney, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm, I'm making it. Uh, just trying to power through this week. Every day gets me closer to uh, next week, and I get a few days off next week. Looking forward to that. That is awesome. How, uh, how are you doing, bro? I am making it, brother. Another week. Another week, man. Um, just really digging deep and trying to get through it. You know, trying to survive like we all are. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, really... Uh, fascinated with a lot of the horror news lately that i've been reading um i actually found <laughs> that was rodney's phone yeah i'm gonna i need to turn my notifications off right quick 10 4 <laughs> um so i've been digging into bloody disgusting which is actually mine and rodney's probably one of our favorite websites we like to get into and check everything out on and we actually found some pretty interesting news that rodney's actually going to share with you guys and a little bit of funny stuff as well. So hopefully you get a good chuckle out of it like we did. All right. Um, as far as the news goes, uh, nothing too much is going to get a chuckle out of anybody. But um, what one of the uh, topics that we came across actually is it ties into a piece of the news, I, I think, pretty well. But uh, the first piece of news, and this is my favorite piece of news that I've read this week, um, George Romero, he... As we mentioned in a previous podcast, uh, he passed away last year. Uh, in between his films Season of the Witch and The Crazies, he filmed a TV movie that was virtually unseen. As far as I know, it wasn't actually aired on television. It, it was made and it just got pushed aside. But a few people have actually been able to see this movie recently and there is talk that this movie will get a wider release uh, home video release and I'm kind of excited for that I want to check it out yeah that's uh it's pretty exciting I I like everything that Romero has ever done so interesting to see a TV movie that really never even surfaced until what maybe two months ago yeah it, it there was some gentleman on Twitter, I believe it was, uh, he started talking about it, and that's that's when the, the news outlets picked it up. Um, that's really, that's all I got on the amusement park, but uh, Dan Aykroyd, he is uh, on the Ghostbusters 3 bandwagon again. He He's excited to do it, and he claims that there's a script being written, so hopefully in the future we'll have a Ghostbusters 3 m- Minus Harold Ramis, who passed away a few years ago, yeah. so we'll get we'll get three of the four original Ghostbusters in this film. Hopefully, uh, not really sure about the status of Bill Murray in this. Yeah, he is getting up there in age. It's not only that. From my understanding, he's not really interested in doing huh. a Ghostbusters three, which kind of bums me out. Uh, it bums me out too, man. <laughs> Bill Murray's one of my favorite characters on that show, on that movie. So, and the final piece of news, the Leprechaun series is getting yet another sequel. I believe this brings it up the series up to eight or nine films. It does. Um, to my knowledge, this film will release uh, video on demand December the 11th, and it serves as a sequel to the original film. I'm not entirely sure if it ignores the other sequels, but from what I've read, I'm inclined to believe it may ignore the other sequels. And Which is also what I read. So, yes, and from my understanding, uh, the gentleman who is playing the leprechauns also one of the actors who appeared in 
season three of Channel Zero, Butcher Butcher's Block. Oh, so, I'm really interested to see this movie. Uh, the at least the most recent film before this, uh, the professional wrestler Hornswoggle played the Leprechaun. I, I believe I, I could be wrong on that, but um, that that wraps up the news I've got for you guys tonight. Um, there is uh. There's a lot to talk about tonight. Um, we're going to get through it as smoothly and as easily as possible. Hopefully uh, you don't fall asleep on us. Hopefully these <laughs> stories will uh, will perk and pique your attention and get you thinking about some things, especially if you live in the state of Alabama, because this, as you all know, is part two of our two-part series uh, of our Alabama Cryptic Grab Bag. So... Um, Rodney, you ready to dive right into this thing? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually pretty pretty excited. A bit of a disclaimer, we mentioned on the previous episode that we would cover uh, the Alabama White Thing, which was a separate entity from White Thing, but I couldn't find a lot of information on it. I, I did find a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to share that with you guys, but I was really disappointed. I, I actually did the... Probably the same amount of research as you on that particular topic, and couldn't come up with much of anything, and it was disheartening. And, and this is effectively what I got in the city of Huntsville. There is a legend of the Alabama White Thing. The Alabama White Thing is described as a completely white humanoid, possibly alien entity lacking eyes and ears. The creature was reported spotted in drainage ditches and caves in Jones Valley. And that's it. That's that's all I got. And I, I looked really hard to find something about this because I was really excited that I'd found the Alabama white thing when I was doing my research for huh. the previous episode and thought, yeah, we're going to have a, a great topic to talk about. That'd be a cool tie-in. But no, disappointment. Disappointment. But we do have, however, two fantastic topics for y'all tonight. I am very excited to talk about them. We actually have three. We added a new one last night, remember? Oh, yeah, that is and, correct. And we are actually going to save that for the end. We're going to save that for the end, that's right. Um, the first one is actually going to be, uh, what is it, Rodney? The Wolf Woman of Mobile, Alabama. Sweet. What you got on that, man? Uh, on April the 8th. 1971, the press register of Mobile, Alabama reported on a series of sightings involving a half-wolf, half-woman creature. According to the article, over the previous week, the paper received upwards of 50 calls regarding sightings of the beast that witnesses described as both hairy and pretty. The beast was described as having the upper body of a human woman and the lower body of a wolf. So, not really a werewolf creature or a skinwalker just like half human half wolf like a crossbreed kind of like or a, a sin what a centaur yes that's actually what i was going to compare it to <laughs> <laughs> at least we're on the same page here we are um an unnamed youth claimed his father encountered the creature in a local marsh before it chased him all the way to his home Following this harrowing encounter, the family began locking their windows and doors out of fear that this creature may return. Yet another witness said that he or she, I don't really know if this witness was male or female, 
but claimed that they heard the creature escape from a sideshow that was part of a traveling circus. The sightings were also reported to the local police, who, despite making no official statement regarding the creature, did in fact investigate the sightings to some extent. I was not able to discover the extent to which these sightings were investigated, but we got that supposedly an investigation was done. Well, then. The reporter who broke the story claimed that the fear the witnesses possessed appeared to be genuine, despite the fact the first reports came in on April Fool's Day. Uh. After a few days, this creature was never seen again, and this led a lot of people to believe it may have been an April Fool's joke. Well, I mean, with it coming on April Fool's Day, what are your initial first reactions? I would I would think the same thing. That would exactly. immediately be where I would go and I'm I'm that way every April Fool's Day when I see some news that just seems too good to be true. I I realize what day it is and I'm like, yeah, that's that's bull. <laughs> oh yeah, that's bull. But nonetheless, super cool. Um I dig it. I think it's a really awesome topic and I I dare say I mean it it's a it's a mythos creature, so I mean, it, it it definitely, if it exists, it definitely does fall into the cryptid family. Yes, it, it does. If you can call it a family, it's more just a, a grouping for <laughs> unexplained creatures. <laughs> a grouping, exactly. Um, that's uh, That wraps up what I have on the wolf woman. Um, you want to cover your yeah. topic, and then yeah. I will do the yeah what we're saving for last? Yeah, so my topic... Actually, um, had a lot more information than I had anticipated. I was doing my research and I was like, okay, I found four or five websites that actually hold true and stay in the same sort of category. I mean, a couple of different wordings here and there, you know, for copyright reasons, but everything stayed true to the stories that I'm about to tell you. And the stories I'm about to tell you about are on the Downy Booger. Now, this story, the, the legend actually states that the Downy Booger is based out of Winston County, Alabama. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they said the creature is to be a half-human, half-animal. Doesn't say what kind of animal? Doesn't say what kind of animal because they never truly got a really good look at it. Um, one person actually did, and that story is going to be the last story I tell because to me, it has it holds the most validity. Fair enough. Um, so the first sightings of the creature actually date back all the way to as early as the late 1800s. And actually, the two stories that I have for y'all tonight are from that time period. So let's dive right in. Um, According to Joyce Ferris, whose husband is a descendant of the Downies of Winston County, the first account was actually reported by his by the cousins, John and Joe Downey. They were returning home after leaving a community dance one night when they saw this half-human, half-animal creature. As it leaped out in front of them when they were riding on their thoroughbred horses headed back from this dance. They, uh, th- their horses just stopped. 
they come up on this spot where it leaped out on them and it was gone but the horses just stopped they would not move they they would kick the horses in the sides they were hitting them with bridles they wouldn't move they would the horses would not budge nothing they did would make them stop or make them go better yet but um regardless John and Joe basically they pretty much turned around and they went back to a place called the Tittle House and that is actually pretty much where that story ends now a little bit of information on where these stories came from they actually were published by Vera Whitehead um and the next sighting that is that information came from uh, the Free State of Winston website. Yes, that is okay. correct. That is correct. FreeStateOfWinston.org. Okay. Matter of fact, uh, if you want to, you can go check at check that out. Um, give it a read. But um, now the next sighting slash story that we have is actually said to lead to the creature's demise which I thought was very interesting and why I waited till why I saved it for last. Uh, the story is also said to take place in the 1800s, like I said. Uh, it, it actually goes just like this. On a moonlit night in early fall, Jim Jackson was loading his two-horse wagon with his barrels of his homemade moonshine and headed out for the commissary in Galloway, that place is actually a mining town a few miles from his home. Okay. So, as he is heading down to Galloway to deliver his shine, he looked over his shoulder and he laid eyes on a peculiar-looking creature. I mean, it was, he said, the story says he was just, it was waltzing on two feet behind his wagon. He froze. He just froze up he didn't know what to do he'd never seen anything like it before maybe it wanted some moonshine hey maybe it wanted some shine man (laughs) i know if it would have been me i would have wanted some shine you know (laughs) ah you know i get i have a good time sometimes you know (laughs) but um letting loose after work of course (laughs) man that place anyways excuse me his first thought was to actually try and outrun the beast but obviously could not do so um don't know how he wasn't able to outrun it i mean he's got two horses he's being pulled by but wagon's loaded down with all his wagon is loaded down with all the moonshine so uh he realized actually that he had his gun in the wagon seat next to him so he picked up the revolver and he aimed at the creature and fired the revolver two times. It screamed like a woman in distress and limped away on three feet. So could it possibly be both bipedal and quadrupedal? It, sometimes it's on all fours and sometimes it's on yes, two that, legs. That is Maybe he hit one of the shots hit it in the leg and that would explain why it was on three. that was what I had gathered from the research um, basically after he shot this or supposedly shot this creature um, the news had spread very very fast 
that Jim had shot the Downey Booger. Uh, they formed a posse, and they started to comb the woods in search of the beast, but were only able to find traces of blood leading from the sand bed where it was saw in the first story that we heard. And with the, the Downey. With the Downey cousins. Okay. It was, they found that trail of blood leading from there at that point to a distant cliff. Uh, as far as we know, up until this day, that story and the other story, along with a few others, are actually still told by the residents of Winston County. And for all intents and purposes, what the Downey Booger is, we really don't know. It's still a mystery. And, you know, I don't, I don't advocate shooting like Bigfoot and stuff like that unless you're in distress and Perhaps that was the only one of its kind, and it had to be this individual, this this moonshiner, who for whatever reason forgot he had his pistol initially. I I mean I at, at that point in time and in, in that age, I I probably would have would have shot the creature because they have a, they ha, they possessed a different point of reference for things like this than than we do. We live in an age where we can find news about this all the time, and they they didn't have that. They relied on newspapers and word of mouth. So that's uh, that actually is that it for you? Uh, yeah, that's all I had. Um, we were actually looking to um, throw a little surprise your way, and and Rodney's actually gonna give you that surprise right now i first came across this particular cryptid when the video first went viral the the video was actually one of the first youtube videos to go viral back in uh, march of 2006 and i've I've never forgot it like just seeing that video and we recommend you guys check it out um in march of 2006 a leprechaun was reported in the Crichton neighborhood of Mobile. A local news station carried the story, and this allowed the story to be p- picked up by other people. It rose to some small international fame. Um, the residents claimed to have spotted a leprechaun in, in the tree. It was just in a tree. Um, one resident actually suggested that it could be a crackhead. Who got a hold of the wrong stuff. (laughs) And that's one of the lines from that video that has just stuck with me over this past decade plus. That that line and my all-time favorite line from that video is, If everybody see a leprechaun, say, yeah. (laughs) And then the whole crowd's like, yeah. And then I was just, I was rolling, man. I was literally almost crying. (laughs) Another individual claimed to possess a special leprechaun flute that had been passed down for thousands of years. <laughs> Isn't that actually the part of the video where it like slows down? Yes. It's like slow motion. It's like, for thousands of years. Yes. And actually, I believe the guy was wearing some type of what did he call it? Special leprechaun armor. It had like <laughs> runes and charms that were supposed to prevent the leprechaun from casting spells on this individual. And unsurprisingly, others 
their only concern was the gold. They they yes. only wanted the leprechaun. They only gold. wanted the gold. <laughs> and I understand why. I actually know? believe one of the people interviewed said he was going to rent him a backhoe and tear the tree <laughs> yes, down he did. for this gold. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, that video is about three minutes long. And if you get a chance, if you listen to this podcast, go and check that video out. Just type in leprechaun in mobile on YouTube. And it is the second link. It is a news, actually a news coverage yes. video. So it's it's hilarious. You'll get a huge kick out of it. I know we did. Especially the amateur sketch of the leprechaun. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh. We definitely recommend checking that out. It's it's worth every every second. That poor soul who drew that. <laughs> Obviously, he definitely is an amateur. You are not an artist, sir or ma'am. <laughs> That uh, that does it. That's that. That's all we got for the Mobile Leprechaun. It, I don't think it was actually spotted outside of these few little occurrences no. that happened around St. Patrick's Day, uh, twenty sixteen. I just thought that was a, a fun little thing. We were playing uh, mixtape massacre last night, and somehow a leprechaun got. I think Ryan brought the Leprechaun Returns news up, and I was like, "Oh, it's a great topic. It's it's not necessarily a." A cryptid per se, but it is a, a mythical creature, so it does kind of fit into the parameter. And it, it, it does. It gave us another topic to talk about. It, Absolutely, it, it was and good fun. <laughs> it gave us a good laugh, and hopefully, it gives y'all a good laugh. Um, we are uh, steady working hard on getting everything still together for you guys. I know this is only episode three, and really part two of a two-part series on our Alabama Cryptid Grab Bag special that we are running. But um, we are always down for any comments. Post them on Facebook. Email us at horrordownsouth at yahoo.com. But anyways, um, basically... What I'm saying is uh, go check us out on Facebook. Start a, start up a, a, a thread and ask us some questions. We are down to answer them. We want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you think about the first three episodes so far. If there's something that we can do better, let us know. And I'm definitely sure there are some things we can do better. <laughs> oh, yeah, like getting a soundproof room, for instance. What you heard a second ago was Rodney's girlfriend's mother coming to see if she was back yet. However, she is not, and we had to stop the recording. And also, there may have been a couple of instances of Mary Jade barking outside that could have been picked up, and we apologize for that, and we promise this will not be an issue forever. No, going forward, we're, we're working on getting an, a good room set up, and... We're we're just we're trying just to get the information out there to you guys the best that we know how. Um, so if y'all will hang in there with us and keep listening. I promise you we won't we will avoid any interference from here on out as much as we can to what we can control. Is there anything to add there? Um, I, I would like to say that as far as 
this episode and the previous episode, those were it was a two part series that we did a little grab bag of Alabama cryptids. We're not gonna do grab bag episodes every every time. This was just something that I I was doing some research. We were we we're trying to keep things maybe not entirely, but we're trying to do things in the South. We'll branch out, but I was doing my research and we came across this and I saw there wasn't a lot of information about each of these topics. I figured it'd be something fun to do. Um, in the future, if we do grab bag episodes, we'll try to keep it just a, a, a one-parter and maybe it'll be a, a little longer episode or something. But uh, I do know we we're working on an idea for another grab bag episode, but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to sit on that for a while. Oh, we'll, we'll sit on that for quite a bit because I, not only is it going to be based in the South, but if I'm not mistaken, what we discussed was we were going to branch that out across. Yes. Yes. That is what we were discussing just before we recorded. So we're, um, we're working on it. We're, this is a learning experience and we appreciate you guys bearing with us. It, yeah. It means a lot. It really does. Um, like I said, any comments, um, criticism, we will accept it. Um, if you have any questions on any of the topics we have discussed so far, like I said, email us at horrordownsouth at yahoo.com. We will pretty much in- instantly answer. I I usually am checking that email on a very, very regular basis. I've got to log into that email on my phone, so I, I'll actually get the emails yeah. to my phone. I don't, have we gotten any emails yet? I don't imagine we uh, have. We, we've gotten here. a few from Patreon, just kind of giving us our newsletters and just random like little things like that, Literally. but it, nothing big so far. We, we don't have any Patreon content, but we do have a Patreon page, and we would appreciate, even if it's just a dollar, you know, yeah. that, that would go to help us. Continue mm-hmm. to give you all the information that we give you. And, and make the show's quality a little bit better. Exactly. You... you you will find that we can stretch a dollar pretty daggum well, especially in this little place we call home up in, <laughs> down here in central Alabama. Absolutely. Um, and we don't have a review tonight for you guys. I, I didn't want to do anything by myself. I kind of want Ryan to have some input on this too. And Now, I, I did watch several new horror films over the course of October, and kind of hoping I can convince Ryan to check a couple of these out, particularly Slice. Slice was something that I I was apprehensive about. I heard bad things about, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm hoping he'll check it out, so maybe that'll be the next review we do. If not, I'm actually reading a book by Linda Godfrey. She's pretty big deal in the uh, cryptozoology world. She's not a cryptozoologist, per se. She's a reporter, but... Uh, I've read a couple of her books. She's a great author, and I'm really excited to finish what I've got. Heck yeah, man, and I will check out Slice. That way we can we can do a review. I'm sure if you enjoyed it, we really have the same taste, so I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it as well. Uh, but really quick before we go, um, I got a little surprise for you guys for next week, hopefully. Um, don't hold me to that, but my great friend and co-worker uh patrick mcconnon if you don't um if you haven't uh, listened through our intro he is the man that actually created our intro um did a fantastic job he's working on us a 
another intro that we're actually going to be able to do a true intro on. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, I hope you guys will like it too. I think you will. If you like the intro we have now, I I really can't wait for you to hear this new one. Um, Rodney hasn't even heard it yet. Yes, I'm in the dark. (laughs) He's in the dark. I'm actually in the dark. I don't even know what it sounds like. So, hey, (laughs) we're all going to be surprised because I'm not even going to know what it sounds like until we hit record. You mentioned next week. Are we actually going to record an episode next week, or are we going to go back to our once every two weeks? It depends, because it is Thanksgiving. It it is Thanksgiving. I actually completely forgot about that, and I do have an obligation that that afternoon and night. Okay. So maybe the uh, Thursday after Thanksgiving before we get another episode up. Well, we we always want to get you the information as quickly as possible. But with the upcoming holiday that I somehow forgot about, don't really know how that happened. <laughs> like I'm getting days off because of that holiday, and I completely forgot about it. <laughs> hey, I don't know how I could think of, forget about turkey and dressing. I mean, I'm a I'm a fat boy, so <laughs> I love food. I'm I'm ashamed to say it, but I'm a I'm 27 years old, and I'm still a really picky eater, and I get my own special dressing with no onions in it. I do, too. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) That was me and Rodney high-fiving on that because, once again, we proved that we are the same person almost. (laughs) But, um, like I said, next not next week, the Thursday after Thanksgiving, we are going to drop a whole new intro. We're going to drop a whole new topic, and this time, you're going to want to be here for it. And it won't be a grab bag. It will not be (laughs) a grab bag. But, um, Rodney, do you have anything else to add? I've got uh, nothing else to add. I'm looking forward to the girls getting back with dinner and hopefully some Mixtape Massacre. What, what? (laughs) Yeah, Mixtape Massacre. Um, If you haven't checked that out, like I said on the last episode, do it. They are currently sold out, but they will be restocking on Black Friday. So go on horror, um, blah, blah, blah. go on, Lord, I can't talk. Go on mixtapemassacre.com and order that Joker because I'm telling you, you get three or four friends together and you will have an absolute blast. Absolutely. It, I can't put into words how much I enjoy this game. I can't believe the value I got out of this purchase. It's amazing. Um, I, I really hope somebody gets it for me for Christmas. <laughs> and by the way, I don't. I haven't spoken to anybody involved in this. Ryan hasn't spoken to anybody involved with this. We're not making a dime to tell you guys how awesome this is. No. It's just that awesome. It's just that awesome. We, we aren't getting paid to advertise for them. Which, you know, now that I think about it, we talk about them so much. I I do I do think we should we should definitely let them know that we've mentioned their product a couple of times. Yeah, because I think they would be thrilled to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Rodney, you by all means have the communication on that end. I have been communicating with Cryptid Crate. So hopefully gonna be advertising Cryptid Crate soon which is uh, really huge, in my opinion, because that is a fantastic crate. It's a pretty big deal, and they don't necessarily sell out every time. There's a few crates that do pop up on their Etsy store. 
but they've only got like five or six left. So if it's something you're interested in, I think it's overall definitely worth the value. I've gotten some really great um, T-shirts out of it. I hat uh, socks. I, I love crazy socks. So I got me some Sasquatch socks hey. over the summer from one of my cryptic crates. That's right, Sasquatch baby. And they're not paying us to talk about it either. It's just something that. I myself have indulged in quite a few times and I enjoy it. It, it, Derek over at Monsters Among Us put together something really special with this. And well, that's it, guys. That's it, guys. We are um, done with this episode. Um, like us on Facebook, follow the page, Horror Down South. And um, as always, we will see you in the darkness.